with Disney Plus's new series, Kenobi, dropping in just over two weeks, there is a lot of, there's a lot going on before Star Wars lore in the timeline, and there's a lot that goes on after the Kenobi series in Star Wars lore. And we have a pretty clear picture of what's going on before and what's going on after. And that presents some interesting and really exciting possibilities as far as what Kenobi, the series, could show us and what kind of stories we can get from that and what kind of resolution we can get for some uh, some of the problems and issues and character arcs that we know are already going to be in, we already know we're going to be in the series and what could be presented. And fans, when it first came out, there was some concern about canon and continuity between uh, Kenobi and Vader. And Kathleen Kennedy, the kind of the overseer of Star Wars and all things Star Wars now at Disney, she came out you know, first and foremost, and said that it, there was going to be an epic rematch between Kenobi and Vader. And so uh, it would be remiss of me to not draw out and tease out the fact that there is con- some concern with the continuity and the storytelling and how does it play into A New Hope. And my conversation with Jake is super awesome because he it was on the panel for phoenix comic con for a little bit he is in cosplay big time he is a avid star wars fan who's read hundreds if not thousands of books since he was a little kid he's been a huge star wars fan and my conversation with him is super fun and i always enjoy having him on and we talk at at length and in depth about Kenobi and what that means for Star Wars canon and some of the things that we could see crop up and some of the comparisons between what we've seen out of Star Wars, Disney's Star Wars and the direction that Disney Star Wars is going as of now and what Kenobi could mean for the direction that Star Wars is going. So without any more delay, here's my conversation with Jake Talbert. What's going on? Well, you know, not much. <clears throat> Just enjoying this, um, the the pre-Kenobi vibes that are going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, straight from the hip, what are your thoughts? On the series? Yeah, just everything that you know about it as of now and where we're coming from, where it could be going, where we think it's going, like just kind of encapsulate your thoughts, kick off this conversation with that. Well, um, I think that, you know, we're going to see, I mean, a really interesting part of the obi-wan story in the fact that like everything you know is destroyed everything you know is gone you know uh jedi order you know gone um and that like his sole thing at this point is like watching over and preparing to train luke and that you know i'm excited for the fact that like it, it is very clear in 
canon stories and legend stories that like uh, uh, Uncle Owen was like very anti Luke being a part of anything related to the Jedi. And I love the fact that you see that in the most recent trailer that was released. And um, I mean, I love the fact that they're bringing a ton of stuff from uh, uh, like the Inquisitors, like we're getting stuff from Rebels, we're getting stuff from the uh, Jedi Fallen Order game, we're getting stuff from, you know, multiple book series and such. So uh, like overall, everything they've shown so far, uh, I'm like, yes, like I can see where every little piece aligns to the bigger picture of things that they've laid out. Um, and very interested to see how they're going to like, then what they're going to weave in there as it pertains to like having Darth Vader show back up. Uh, apparently we're going to see a young Leia at some point in the series. Um, we're going to see, we, we clearly see a young Luke and things like that. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see how they weave it all together. Once we actually get it released here in a week or not a week in a couple of weeks. There is, I'm so glad that you threw in all of that stuff in just a few sentences because one of the big, I don't know, I, I dare I say things that's staring everybody in the face it is it kind of flirts with everything we've seen so far, kind of flirts with fan service almost. Mm -hmm. in the inquisitors and the young luke appearance in the trailer and you know the darth vader breathing and then even down to <clears throat> even down to the uh redo of duel of the fates mm -hmm. so i think and i don't know if it's i don't know if people are thinking about this or fans are thinking about this but just listening to you talk about it, it definitely makes me stop and wonder if this is a concern that people aren't aware of them being worried about which is um too much fan service you know where where do they draw the line between pulling a character in that harms the story rather than pulling in a character that you know pulling in that character that everybody wants to see for the wrong and pulling him in for the wrong reason versus pulling in that character because of it you know it's woven into the fabric of the story really well mm-hmm because I mean, the Inquisitors are a great example because they can really quickly go from something that adds depth to the story, yep, yet kills it from the moment we see them. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I there's a much bigger conversation to be had around the the statements you just made, um, <laughs> and and I so I'll, I will summarize them into a few quick statements. Uh, the and this will, this will stem amongst the active projects that Lucasfilm is releasing, as well as things that have been released since the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilm. Um, I believe that uh, if you go back to episode seven, The Force Awakens, that movie was a fan service movie. It was a retelling of the story plot lines we have seen and heard. And it was because we were grounding back into this thing, because if not, we'd if we turn off the fans, they get angry fast. And we need to make it a simple enough story and a simple enough process that people buy into it and that the new generation buys into it. And there are tons of people who love the sequel trilogy. And, and I will not speak ill 
of the overall trilogy itself. I have beef with certain parts of it, but whatever. Um, where the fan service started to get brushed under the rug, the further into that trilogy you got, the more negative people actually got about it and the fans and also people newer to the series. Um, you then flip that to the, the uh, greatness that is the Mandalorian book of Boba Fett, the John Favreau, Dave Filoni universe, the Mandoverse, where they ground it in the fan service. There's so many things they're pulling from legends content. They're pulling from Canon. They're pulling from, and they find these really cool, unique ways to interweave those storylines, you know, and Filoni did that back in clone wars. He, when he brought back Maul, uh, he did it in, you know, uh, the rebel series when they brought back Maul again, um, you see Maul fight Obi-Wan in that series. Like, so, so, I think that there was a, a sway away from the bigger studio. There was a sway away from the fan service because we're trying to create these new storylines, these new directions we can take it. And, and actually what's bought more people in is the fact that they're bringing some of that stuff into play. And, and yeah, there are people who probably, they see the inquisitors. They don't know who they are. They're probably turned off by them because they have different characters that I don't recognize that I don't know. But there are there are people who know who they are that the second they saw him, the second they saw the Grand Inquisitor and they saw his his dual bladed saber spin, I being one of them, where there was like the moment of seeing it because it was like, oh, you're doing it. You're actually, you know, and as they've shown each of the Inquisitors in different trailers, I'm like. Someone like me, I get really excited about that, where other people I know are like, but who is that? I don't get it. Why do I why do I care about them? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, I'll flip the, I'll, I'll turn the statement right back on you. There's, there's a lot to unpack just in those sentences and statements you made because yeah. I think the fan service is, I would say more than not grounded in old style Westerns and those samurai films from the 50s and 60s. And people don't know that, but it is fan service in the sense of, like, if you want it to be a successful Star Wars appendage, yep. if you will, from the original movies, uh, the, the prequels, and even the sequels to a great deal. <clears throat> prequel, excuse me, the original trilogy and the prequels to a great deal. You have to adhere to that gunslinger, you know, gr themes grounded in culture um, and that Kurosawa type directing and film producing and writing. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that is the case. And so one of the things I think if we were to graph it, that the sequels, if you will, mm -hmm. episode seven has a lot of the residual of yep. those themes then episode eight, for whatever reasons, I've got my own thoughts about that. Kind of dies down. We're not. We're yep. We're not here to talk about that. It goes away from a lot of those. I mean, there's yep. so little. Like that film has so little to do with the John Waynes, the Clint Eastwoods, the Kurosawa directing, and yep. the and, those those and, themes. In fact, I would I can make plenty of arguments around the fact that they they actually did more to be like. 
no, we're not that. Yes. To say, no, stop, we're done. That's not yeah. us to, to poo-poo on what had been set up. And so, but once again, I'm not, not yeah. here to talk to that, but I agree with you. I, I like, there is a, a change to that. Um, and I don't know that we got it back with episode nine. No, I don't think so. I think it kind of started to go in the right direction, but it's still I wasn't think even close. If you if you go look at what the original script was based around in the original plot line for episode nine, it was. And they they got scared at a screening that it was too much fanfare, that people would be confused and not knowing who the brother was in you know as a character. Uh, I think it was David Tennant was uh, was on as the brother from the uh, uh, thinking back to the Clone Wars series, um, you know, higher entity force users. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, it'd be too hard to explain. It's like, well, how is that harder to explain than Inquisitors and the difference between the Grand Inquisitor and the, you know, second sister and the, you know, all that. I, I So that's where I say I feel like they were trying to almost there was a stepping away from it. I feel like that kind of burned them a little bit. And then you look at things like Mandalorian and what it's done. You look at Mandalorian season two finale, where you've got extended kind of extended universe characters in Bo-Katan and, and, you know, Mandalorians. And you've got these people who, these chicks who are kicking butt on this ship and you are cheering for them. uh, And, and, you know, through the whole entire thing, Cara Dune and all that. And it's like, yeah, they're playing to the fanfare. And then they show up with, in case anyone hasn't seen it yet, that's on you because it's been a year and a half, but you have Luke Skywalker show up at the end and you've got videos online, montages of people crying. And had I been filming myself watching it, I was the same way when they see Luke Skywalker step off and then same thing in Book of Boba Fett. Like you, you, there is a certain amount that needs to be grounded in that. And why Boba Fett? Uh, uh, which it definitely has the Western, but more of the gangster style movie, the things yep. that we know to be nostalgic and, and Mandalorian, which is very Western. Um, and you look at uh, uh, the other series that Dave Filoni has been connected with. And, and there is that uh, 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 kind of that Western or, or the old John Wayne uh, military movie style yeah. within a lot of the episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels and in Mandalorian and inside of uh, Book of Boba Fett. Well, th- I didn't realize this when I was watching it, and it, I actually didn't even realize or or I didn't learn this until a few weeks after the, the finale of Book of Boba. Um, that compared against a... There was a, a Kurosawa film from 1950, I think, about the Yakuza. Mm-hmm. And this Book of Boba series is basically the same damn thing yep. as that film. Yep. And so it's it's cool that you mentioned the gangster style because like it basically is, dude. It's it's straight well, up. Some of those older gangster movies, it was around that same time of those being made that it was like, well, this is just the this is the the a samurai, a, a, this is a different culture's version of telling that story. Mm-hmm. Um what I love, though, so for me, what I'm ex- one of the other things I'm really excited about when it comes to Kenobi. So, uh, the, the first series or first season of The Mandalorian, uh, Favreau, Filoni were kind of like the head heads on everything for the first season, but they brought in uh, uh, they brought in people 
to be directors on different episodes. They made it a big point to be like, hey, we've got Robert uh, Rodriguez as a director. We've got Deborah Chow. We've got, uh, what's her name from the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World series? Uh, Howard, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like, and, and what I loved is at the time they said, what we're doing is we're bringing in people who show us that they can see the vision. We show them how we're doing it and what like the direction is so that they then can go to their own projects. Well, now we see that with Book of Boba Fett was done by uh, uh, by Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And, and that the Obi-Wan Kenobi series primary director on it is Deborah Chow. And so we, we see these, you know, where, where they've now taken the vision, they've taken those things and they're like, great, how does that play out and how will we play that out? Uh, uh, in now the Kenobi timeline. Uh, and I believe we'll see lots of flashbacks because I, I think that that's going to play into a lot of when we see, we're supposed to see Padme and we're supposed to see other things as well. Uh, uh, so I'm interested to see, like I, there's every, every little thing I read about this series gets me excited because it there's, there's so much potential of what they could do. Um, whether it be from the actual Kenobi book that falls in that timeline or any of the other books that you know uh canon or or legends that have expanded that time frame uh of of the star wars universe is that book uh legends it, it's not no it is this one is this one is legends is it when what is it the name of that just kenobi it's just called kenobi Interesting. All right. I'll have to check that out by John Jackson Miller. John Jackson Miller. Um, um, if <clears throat> so, with the as far as the flashbacks are concerned, before the first trailer dropped, I had I thought just for the sake of canon and continuity and making a connection with there because there was so unknown so many unknowns and they kind of guarded it I, I would say they guarded the hell out of it really yep. well i i thought for sure that not for sure but i was pretty confident that um that it, it was going to be con- it would contain a lot of flashbacks as far as the emotional fallout that kenobi experienced and kind of processing those emotions, if you will. And because we have no, up until now, we have no information, we had, past tense, no information implying that the Empire or any Sith or any unaligned dark side force user ever found Kenobi on Tatooine in on on screen anyway so now seeing the the trailers and we hear vader we know there's going to be a re uh, um a rematch of that and so now there's still fans out there that are concerned with the continuity like oh they battled on the death star and said that you know basically implied that they'd never seen each other again and that was a far removed relationship and uh, you know all of these other things and people are pulling in information from um the fallen order 
and things like that. And so I think, I, I still think there are people out, even though I think the buzz and the hype over the show mm-hmm. is far overshadowing the fact that I, I feel like a lot of fans are still having those concerns in the back of their mind. Like, how are they going to make it yep. work? Yeah. What's it going to look like? Are there going to be epic battle scenes? Deborah Chow likes to kill stormtroopers, you know, that kind of stuff. So yep. um, how does I, that, what's up? So, I, I, I mean, I think that one thing I've learned uh, uh, about the, the series that are coming from the Filoni-Favreau marriage of, of ideas, you know, all these series that are, are coming out, is the fact that they find extremely creative ways to answer questions that fans have had. Oh, yeah. For decades and decades and decades. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they, they, and it's sometimes it's little things. And, and that's what I, I tell people. I'm like, when you watch some of these episodes, people watch it and they're like, oh, that's this. That's really exciting. And I'm like, and if you could watch it at my level where it's like, oh, that and that and that and that, those are yeah. these, like, you know, they're, they're, depending on your level of, of the nerddom and how deep you go into some of that, there's so much littered through episodes that there's like, the, I have to watch this episode just to watch it. And then I have to go back through it because I clearly missed things. And then, you know, by, by the end of the day that that episode is out, I've watched it three, four times because I've picked through and I'm waiting for other people's videos to come out of things that they saw. So I could be like, yeah, that, that, Oh, I didn't see that. And I have to go watch it again. So yeah, they, they do a great job of explaining things. So I have faith that, uh, I mean, in, in new hope, they, he says, you know, they don't say like, oh my gosh, it's been ever since Mustafar when I cut you up that we've seen each other. Well, I think there's a lot of implication, like there's a lot of implied filling of gaps in the fans' brains. Oh, yeah. yep. And they're, to piggyback on what you just said, I think they're really good at taking that implication and shattering it almost in a way where like that, well, shit, that does work. Holy, yeah. yes. Yep. And and I've said before, once again, I, I I love the fact that they the way in which they do it, because I've had that exact thought where I go, that's not what I thought it would have been. But yeah, it works. It yeah, works. Yeah. And 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 I think more <laughs> often the people who come, uh, whether people I work with or people I I you know interact with friends, family, where you know, they'll come to be like, you know what? I just it doesn't make sense blank how is that true? How does that work when, and they, they'll bubble up one of the things, you know, that, that a lot of people may be thinking about this series or about, they may have thought about other series and more often than not, I'm like, well, let's, let's actually take a step. At no time did they say that that's what it was. We've all just assumed we've all just thought, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, uh, our brain has filled in the gap and you may have filled in the gap since 1977 or, or whenever the first time you, came up with this idea but it there's no place where it's actually defined as that thing and so it's like well yeah does it work could it work in that universe and everything they've shown there's never been a time where i couldn't be like let me step back take off my fan brain of like what i thought you know what i was hoping it would be and and not go yeah you know what if I, if I drew this out on a board, that actually works. It works in that universe. So I, I'm, 
I, I believe any of the things that people, I, I get that people have it. I haven't had any of those personally. And it's because I, it would be different uh, based off whoever was leading this project if they were not grounded from the Filoni Favreau brain trust, if this was uh, from the, you know, uh, uh, and this, this will probably light people up, but if, it, if it's someone direct from like the Kathleen Kennedy hire and, and stuff that they're doing in that direction, um, I would have way more concern you know, and, and any of the projects that are being worked on Acolyte and, and, uh, uh, some of the books that they've been putting out, I've, I've had a hesitancy because I'm like, I don't know that you're gonna, you know, and I feel like there's holes in some of these plots. I feel like they were missing some things, but when I pivot to the other group that are in this kind of, uh, uh, clone wars and future facing, storytelling that that are grounded in that uh john favreau dave filoni world i i'm like they seem to answer the questions they seem to solve a lot of those things and if it's not answered or solved now it's answered or solved there's stuff from mandalorian season one that didn't get answered that was in two and there's things in two that didn't get solved that were in book of boba fett yes there's things in bad batch that we saw (laughs) that teed up things for book of boba fett that like never would have thought of. So I, I, like I said, I, I have faith in that group and how they're approaching a lot of these topics because they themselves are the, they are fans. They love the content, even watching the, the book of Boba Fett behind the scenes on Disney plus uh, a documentary that they just released on, on May the 4th. Um, you hear them talk about that, where they talk about how do we take the, what people know in the canon and the legend and the, you know, how do we, and how do we interweave it in a new creative way? And I'm like, just keep doing that because you keep bringing back things that I, I'm like, dang, I wish they would tell more about this from legends, but they don't. Yeah. I think one of the best things that Kathleen Kennedy has done and not that I want to make this a bash on Kathleen Kennedy session, but I think one of the best things that she's done, it seems in the last probably 18 to 24 months is really stepped back out of the spotlight. Yep. She's and, got, and, and having them assign Filoni to the board as the creative, like he is on their board of directors as like the creative decision maker for Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. And that, that is one of those things that I go, okay, good. Um, yeah. He's going to make yeah. you look really smart, Kathleen. Yes. And, and, you know, I, I have my opinions about her and about other directors or about other storylines and, or other people who are creating Star Wars content. But once again, like I, to me, that, that is probably one of the best things was, okay, I need to be hands off. Uh, as much as I love Bob Iger, I love Bob Iger to death. And I feel like him and Kathleen Kennedy were part of the problem that, caused some of the things in the sequel trilogy because they were trying to be too involved in the storytelling and in the creative and that's not their genius yeah well it seemed to me like they were trying to so 
there's a like i'm trying to trying to think of how to talk through this so you have and maybe and maybe this is now that i'm talking through it and kind of playing through it at, before i speak it maybe this is part of the was part of the problem you've got the mcu which is like basically right across the street in disney you i mean you walk into this park you got marvel on one side you got star wars on the other and maybe it's because mcu just had blockbuster 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 and a huge fan base arguably bigger than star wars and so you've got mcu pumping out these blockbusters and then you acquired star wars and then you're like let's make more blockbusters out of star wars it's like well okay hold on how are you going to do that oh well we're going to bring in these huge directors jj abrams and we're going to bring in um some fan service um um harrison ford and then, you know, make a bridge the gap between the old and the new. And we're going to bring in some new actors that are up and coming. And we're going to just, we'll just fabricate, we'll follow the recipe for a blockbuster. And the problem with that is that that recipe doesn't work for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's got like the blockbusters are the recipes that they've been following with the Mandalorian, the Bad Batch. And I'm certain that Kenobi is going to be enormous in scope and reception and revenue. So you can't take that recipe that works for the MCU, that works for the Christopher Nolans of, of the directing world and, dupl- and, the, and like the Ridleys and duplicate that. It's gotta, it has to be its own Star Wars I yep. guess, and that's gonna—that's what's gonna create those blockbusters. Well, and so, the, the thing—the thing that to remember is that the Marvel films, so the storyline of uh, uh, Iron Man, and and you know, let's let's take Iron Man and Hulk and such or whatever. Uh, they. They they released in in no not oh seven oh eight I believe uh, the next Marvel films didn't come out for I believe it was two years. Um, one was a continuation of Iron Man, uh, and the other was when we are introduced to Thor. Mm. And then there was a whole nother year before Captain America. And I think a year plus before we get to the next one. So, uh, uh, and then it gets spaced out where they start happening more often. But in the beginning of the MCU, starting with Iron Man, there was spaced out time. There was there was a little bit more time between those things. And they planned out the MCU phase one release with interlocking storylines preparing for what we were going to see create how do we get to avengers great now how do we get to the next phase through like and so they took it in those buckets but it didn't start speeding up where we were getting movies every year multiple movies a year in some cases uh until that time yeah, uh, yeah. and and i feel like we we do force awakens and then it was like cool now we're going to pop out rogue one which amazing film and then it was like cool now we're hitting uh uh 
Last Jedi and then Solo. And I, I do think it was we were they were cranking too hard. And, and I agree with you that the Star Wars universe is not. Like, it's not made for those types of movie releases. A movie every couple of years with these plot lines in between, not trying to force the plot lines all together into one big storyline because you need to give it some chance to, to marinate. Yeah. You know, the, the sequel trilogy characters, there are a lot of throwaway characters there that could have been awesome. Yeah. Um, that you don't get behind, you don't have as emotional investment in, or you isn't as believable. Um, you know, I love my girl Daisy Ridley, but Ray is not, she's not believable as a, uh, in that character. Uh, you flip the script. Once again, like I was talking about Mandalorian season two finale, you've got four women kicking butt on a, on a cruiser that you're rooting for. And it's like, yeah, that's because they established this really awesome storyline with characters that were bought in on, and they cast people like Cara Dune and such. They they cast people who look like they would be that part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's there's that that meme that floats around on the internet. It, it kind of gets it gets I don't know bubbles up every every couple of months or whenever it seems to be some sort of release, but you get the, there's a, a, a fantastic comparison in what you just talked about, which is um, Bill Barr's character or Bill Burr's character mm-hmm. against Finn. They're basically the same damn character. Uh, Finn has a different role, um, but X stormtrooper He's got beef with the the entity or the authority mm-hmm. and is coming to some sort of emotional like realization of that. And I mean, you get 10 minutes of Bill Burr in that episode, and it's a greater it's story still, arc. You know, oh, yeah. Like it, you are emotionally invested. Him sitting when they're at that at that base and he's sitting there, and that officer is just giving him crap. And you mm-hmm. just sit in his eye. You you like you see the pain, the frustration that like it it's all right there. It is being played out. And I'm like, yeah, that that that's good storytelling. That's really good storytelling. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I so just there are a bunch of things like that. So uh uh which you know has taken us far away from the topic of Kenobi. <laughs> that's okay. Well, I mean, what I was trying not to do, I'm trying not to steer away from it, but Star Wars, there is so much that's at play. Uh, and with Filoni Favreau and the people that they've kind of trained up or brought up as directors in that, in the timeline that there is, there's a lot of interweaving happening amongst all of these things uh, that I think all play play well with each other yeah and i think to kind of not to say that it's bad to go that far off off top off course of the topic but because i love jamming on it regardless but it is i think if we wanted to talk about like the moral kind of dilemma i guess if you will as far as what Kenobi could do and what it couldn't do or what it potentially could screw up 
is that there's definitely, I don't think it's as bad as it was a year ago, but there definitely seems to be a, or if it's not there, it could be for some people, a um, once bit, twice shy. Where there's always like the eyebrow raised or the concern of like, this could be cool, but you could also fuck it up. Try not to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, I guess to bring it back to, you know, the Mandalorian versus and the uh, Star Wars sequels, you know, there's, we should have faith, I guess, in who's taking control and taking charge of the situation. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be awesome. And what we, like we've talked about, I think it's going to take a lot of implied storytelling and fill the gaps there that we didn't realize were there but we're going to learn how they were there and then it's going to answer the questions mm-hmm. um so as far as the book that you showed me how much of that if that's legends how much of that and i'm assuming you've read it is going to be in the series or the show because the inquisitors did not exist when that book was written the yeah i mean it it how much um i don't i i don't know i think that i think that what it what this book did a great job of was kind of what what is he up to uh uh and some of it's like i i even i had trouble getting through parts of this book because i was i was getting bored with it almost because it was so monotonous in what he's doing in some cases are we talking like uh, Luke Skywalker going fishing kind of stuff? Uh, like we're talking uh, trying to avoid sand people or crate dragons and like learning the, the sounds that you make to call between villagers to warn of these sort of things and then Mm. their interactions then around the dinner table about the potential of an attack it's there are there are parts that i was like hold on what are we even talking about here (laughs) Um, and and you know but what i what i appreciate about it more than anything that i hope they bring into the obi-wan series is uh he does a lot of uh uh reflections and and you know having his his visions and such where like he's trying to uh uh meditations gosh i couldn't think of the word he has lots of times where he is he they talk about him meditating him trying to connect with qui-gon and i hope we see that you know we we are Similar to, there was always the playfulness of, of you know, uh, him being like, oh, well, I don't know if I'd ever play Obi-Wan or, oh, well, you know, like he, he, you know, but he knew for years he was going to um, before they announced it. He knew it. He was contracted to do it. Um, and then the same sort of, if you go look, there's actually multiple interviews. Uh, I think the most recent one was uh, when Liam Neeson was on, I think, Jimmy Fallon, but where where Liam Neeson it has multiple interviews that he's kind of well I mean I don't think they've got enough money for this ha, ha, ha. like he's kind of playing this 
his tune has changed a little around the topic of Star Wars, where it's always been, it was a great opportunity. I loved it. They, this is this, and George did that. Like, there's kind of almost a playfulness around it, which I believe is, I'm not allowed to talk about it. And so I'm trying to cover up because I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> so I think, I, I, I hope, and I think that we will see Qui-Gon in some form or another um, as a part of this. Does he connect with him in the book? It's been years since I read this one. I realize I have it right here, but it's been probably six or seven years since I read this. And uh, so I don't even remember top ahead. I don't even remember if he does or not. I know that he, he, uh, uh, the one thing I remember is that he struggled. He, he struggled to find connections with Qui-Gon and, and had lots of introspection around, you know, fear for what's going on with Bail Organa and with like, so there's, there's a bunch of different pieces. Uh, but I mean, I, I plan to probably go back through this here in the next couple of weeks. Cause, mm. uh, which is why when you, when you originally pinged me and said, Hey, do you want to, you want to come on and talk Kenobi? I'm like, like this week or can I have, <laughs> cause I mean, I, I got, I got stuff I'm planning to go through over the next couple of weeks as it pertains to all this. And, uh, and so I, I, but yeah, I plan to go back through again. Yeah. I, again, I always reserve the right to say in Filoni, we trust. The, the way that the series looks to be teed up as is following suit to the themes that Star Wars has held true and been successful with it seems to me like it is a um, outlaw on the run type show. Yep. Yep. So you got the authorities, you got the people coming into town and they are looking for the outlaw and the outlaw is trying to stay away from them. Yep. And, now, and, and not only is he trying to stay away from them, but he has an even, an even deeper underlying thing to protect. Mm. And, and so I, that's why you see, in the trailer where there are times where they're chasing him on other planets and other things. Like it's not all Tatooine based because it's like, uh, I got to jump ship for a bit because these guys are going to get the heat to loop and, and such. So I, yeah. yeah. And it kind of also makes me wonder like, how actually i'd have to go through the trailer and and watch with a little more observantly but it makes me wonder how much of what we've seen in the trailer is flashback like if we've seen any of the trailer as flashback that but, that, is, that is that is the other thing that i have found to be true about the feloni favreau trailer is if you go back and watch some of the trailers from mandalorian one two and boba fett um and bad batch pretty much everything you see in the trailers all the way up to the release happens in the first episode of the series Mm -hmm. it's very you don't you don't see a ton of the other anything else like it's like oh yeah i saw all that and so there very well could be that there's a large chunk of it that is that um 
but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think that a lot of the Inquisitor-based stuff is all going to be in real time. It's going to be in modern present time for him. Um, yeah. But once again, we know we know that we're going to see fighting against Vader. That very well could be flashback-based. We know that be. we're going to be seeing Padme, which is either a vision or a flashback. Yeah, I think it would be cool. I mean, this would be personal fanfare for me, but I think it would be cool to see Anakin or Hayden Christensen at his height being General Skywalker. I think that would be super cool to see. Because to be, I mean, to be totally honest, I never got that vibe. Like I never really felt that he was as steadily as everybody talked about in any of the movies and it's it's the same way with vader until rogue one is i never got the vibe of how truly dangerous but that that, human being was he was he was implied danger in the original trilogy because it's like who is that guy that you know he he chokes people without doing anything he like he is that dark ominous figure and then you got the sequel trilogy and, and you know, a lot of people, there was kind of that kind of played down what who Vader was. And it wasn't until that scene of rogue one, that final scene in rogue one, where it was like, Oh, that, yes, that's, that's Vader. Like, yep. yep. And, and that Absolutely. was, and that was the, that was the light version of it. They recorded and they had to edit it down because they said it was too violent. Yeah. So it it would be, I mean, total fan service. Like I said, I think it'd be cool to see General Skywalker at his height. I think it would be cool to see Liam Neeson or at the very least hear him. Um, and I think it would be, I think it would be great storytelling to see or feel Kenobi and some of that emotional fallout. Now, how you tee that up in a story, I don't know, obviously, because otherwise I'd be directing a Star Wars TV series. But I think it'd be cool to see some of that stuff. And then there's also this constant, like, how do we bring in, because anybody that directs that or anytime you have something like Star Wars, Mm -hmm. always have to assume that the person watching it has never seen it or never seen anything of Star Wars before. So there, that creates its own problems or own set of issues that you have to be able to account for within itself. So it'll be really kind of cool to see how they approach that while keeping Kenobi, who the fans fell in love with the first time. Yeah. Um, either way i'm really excited about it yeah the, i think to me the 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 biggest my my big like like I said, i'm excited about the whole thing i everything about it i i think is is head in the right direction the the plot points that i am like are they going to answer it or and, and they may not even address it uh, but if they 
don't like if they do how do they address it is the fact that the inquisitors and vader you know basically were traveling and they would be sensing the force users they would be sensing the jedi that were left over um they, they explain the reason why yoda couldn't be found was because on dagobah the swamp had all the dark force shrouding him uh from the cave so we were unable uh, and maybe that's way more in the legends world uh, than in canon world, but but part of it was that uh, there was a a Sith and a and a kind of dark Jedi that fought each other to the death, and there's now this dark aura that's left, and that's part of what causes the the visions in the cave, and that's mm-hmm. what kind of shrouded Yoda so that you couldn't sense him in the Force. He was kind of blanketed by this dark Force bubble. Um, well. That's never covered or explained when it pertains to Obi-Wan or Luke. And so I'm interested to see if we've got Inquisitors coming to Tatooine. They clearly are sensing something. Are they going to address what's covered it or made it harder to tell? Outside of Tatooine's a little bit more outer rim. It's not as core world. Um are they going to address that maybe they're chasing after their feeling? the force presence uh and they believe it's obi-wan and maybe they're feeling that it, maybe it's luke or or maybe they start to go after obi-wan and they feel luke and it's like wait a second you know or or yeah. how how do they approach that like so there's a that to me the biggest thing that i'm like i i, I have faith you know the infilone would trust idea like i have faith that we will they will either it won't be addressed and i and it'll make sense why they don't address it or if it's addressed that they will do it in a very creative way. But that, that is my biggest plot point that I'm like, let's see what they do about that. Yeah, that's valid. I think between kind of that whole, um, arc, I guess you will, when with the, the brother and the sister and when they got, um, when Kenobi, Skywalker, and Ahsoka got stuck on, on that, that netherworld type situation where they were exploring a, the Force at a much deeper level than we've ever seen or heard before, in, in canon anyway, I think that raises enough concerns or brings enough knowledge to the forefront where there will, you're probably not the only one. Yeah. Because I've I, thought about that too. It's, it's, it goes along with the the you know a lot of the other plot points of well if they fought each other like they you know it's been a long time since they've seen each other a presence i felt haven't felt in a long time people assume what that could mean you know why didn't uh obi-wan recognize r2 and why didn't and there's all sorts of explanations for these things that are out there but to me as i think of this series that's probably the one i'm the most interested to see how if they do and if so how they solve or answer that. And I, I do think they will because it's kind of hard to not. Yeah. With the whole idea of the Inquisitors. Yeah. And I mean, the series in itself, the more I think about it and the more we're talking and, and thinking through it, <clears throat> the more kind of questions I have. Because if the Inquisitors pick up Kenobi, let's say, I don't know, they find him on Tatooine or whatever. What's to say that they don't pick him up and then bring him to Vader? Hey, check out Vader. Like, look, we got this thing for you to take care of. 
So then they do their epic battle. Obviously, we know that Kenobi survives, and we know that Vader survives. Yep. So why don't they re-engage? I mean, it would be really easy to get, say, hey, we know that he's out of Tatooine. Let's just go back. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? So it raises more questions of like, what's going on? How does this circumstance happen? How do they come face to face? You know, why can't, like you were saying, why can't they sense Luke and or Kenobi? And so uh, the more I talk through it, the more there are more questions, the more questions I have about it, if you will. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, once again, I, I, I feel like, uh, as much speculation as I've been able to make about some of this stuff over the years and been like, I think that based off the trailer, this is direction we're going, you know, and, and, or how I think I would take it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, 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 there are people who, who understand it a little bit more than I do <laughs> and, <laughs> and, or no story arcs or no what to say or how to tell that story. And, uh, but I, yeah, there, there are, like I said, that's my biggest one. I, I'm sure there are others. And as I dive into it more, like, there'll be things and along the way where it's like, wait, what about, how does that, once again, they're really good about, this is going to be a six part series. They're doing like, clearly we're going to have answers within six episodes and they're releasing one and two on day one. So Mm -hmm. within five weeks, your, your questions should be answered (laughs) uh, no matter how it plays out. Yeah. I, Yes. And that, that might be the most exciting part of it for me. Um, and at the end of the day, we know kind of within reason, we know what the resolution is. They part ways and then they meet on the Death Star. If anything, I, I think we're going to see some Inquisitors get struck down. Like That's true. By the time we get to Rogue One, you know, whatever we're not seeing, we're not seeing inquisitors. Like, and they, they played out a lot in rebels. Yeah. Um, well, and a handful of them died in that series. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, and, and so I, and we know that this series is a little earlier than rebels. Um, and we know that based off of like Leia's age, we know that based off of Obi-Wan's age when Obi-Wan in the rebel series fights, uh, 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 Maul. When Ezra finds him, he is he is it is older, closer to New Hope. Yeah, and so uh, uh, you know, Rebels is more about timelined with like the Solo movie, and this is this is this is definitely got a little bit of time. I think it's eight or nine years prior to that. Yeah, because, I mean, if we're kind of sort of speculating, just based on what we've seen, I would put us somewhere be- somewhere in the neighborhood of five to ten years after episode six. Um, I think they just released an update. I, I was like, I swear that I just heard that they did an update of like, this is the timeline right now. Oh, I um, that, but I'd be really interested to know what that says. And so if we go to 
I mean, but, but at at zero BBY in their universe, mm-hmm. that's that's like the start of New Hope. Yeah, Kanan's killed one BBY. Uh, Obi Wan kills Maul, two BBY. So Rebels uh, upcoming Obi Wan Kenobi series nine years before the Battle of Yavin. So nine years before New Hope. And then uh, five years before is when Ezra Bridger uh, it becomes part of Rebels. Okay, that makes sense. And that that gap was eighteen from eighteen years from uh, episode three to episode four, because Luke is eighteen. Yes. Uh, Nineteen BBY was the year. 20 yeah 19 bby is the year where order 66 happens okay okay yeah like mid midnight yeah mid of that so like uh the empire is not you know 19 18 to 19 bby so yeah okay because then i was thinking about it the other day is it kind of laying the ground i was mentally laying the groundwork having a a conversation with a, a buddy who is also a big star wars buff when we were kind of laying out, what do we know from, let's say, let's say ground zero is when Kenobi looks at Luke through the, through the lens or for the, through the Binox in that trailer. trailer. So what do we know between order 66 and that moment? And we were kind of guesstimating, you know, this is about how old he looked. And we know that there's, um, uh, the Bad Batch occurred mm-hmm. approximately, you know, probably less than a year. That entire first season took place. Yep, yep. Um, and then we know that Cal Kestis was running around doing his thing about five or six years. Yep. So you're looking at, then we kind of know that Maul was probably passing by Cal as he goes to the planet, Dathomir. Yep. And we know that two Inquisitors were already knees deep and well-employed with pension and 401k, and they were doing their deal when they were hunting Cal, yep. which means that they're pretty much established at that point. Um, and we know that the clone troopers were gone at that five-year point. Yep. Oh, yeah. So... You know, there's like, even though there, we can kind of reverse engineer a lot of the stuff before that, before the Kenobi series, there's still a lot of open-ended like. Oh, there's all sorts, there's all sorts of things. I mean, if you remember that, that the Han Solo series, which is about, it would probably be within a year of, of, of this, the big thing is you know, the, the empire is trying to expand. You know, you see that as Solo's recruited into the Imperial navies. That's how he's trying to get you know get off of. Uh, uh, crap! Now I can't think of the planet. Um, Corellia. Corellia. Gosh, um, he's trying to get out of the Corellian system and everything. And and but like the end of of Solo is like we've now teed up this idea of Crimson Dawn. Mm-hmm. And and like the criminal underworld where we're going to see the Fets even more start to do what they're doing. Like we're 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 in that 
area where it's like empire isn't full what we see in new hope yet they're not the the masses and everything uh they're still kind of bouncing back from becoming the empire and building up what they are um i so yeah i'm i'm interested to see you know what what all they can flush out of that because we're that's that's where we're at there's all these criminal criminal underground that's happening uh uh there's all sorts of stuff in legends and canon about inquisitors and what they were doing and hunting down Jedi and Jedi that are in canon and not canon. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they, how they play it out. But like I said, we know for a fact that the biggest, like as solo is wrapping up, it's, it's the syndicates, it's the crime Lord syndicates and such It's the pikes who answer to crimson dawn um so yeah I'm, I'm we know rex is still out there and gregor and wolf and i mean gosh there's there's so much ahsoka is alive and we know that we're going to see ahsoka does ahsoka play into the obi-wan series at all yeah yeah that's uh, yeah there's so much transformation that can occur because we have a really clear vision and idea of what happens you know like zero to maybe two to one BBY up to zero BBY. Oh yeah. And then like 19, 18 BBY up until about 14 or 13 BBY. We have, we've got a really solid idea of what happens in those time frames. Maybe not every little detail, but like, like I was saying, Cal Kestis is on Dathomir. He goes there in the game, Jedi Fallen Order. And we know that, right around that time darth maul was there yep within the same calendar year within the same 365 days we know that he was there so we might not know exactly what happens but we can paint a picture of of both sides of this so now what is that very very pivotal point in this series what does that look like that carries it over from everything before that point to everything after that point. Yep. And it's going to be super cool to see that unravel and see that story told because like we've talked about, you know, why, what possesses Kenobi to leave the planet? How was he covered? Um, why wasn't he hunted a lot sooner than that? Like, why did it take nine years for them to figure out what was going on? And then on the back end of that, why not just go re-engage? Like, did Maul, did Darth Vader get so jacked up in that fight that he's afraid to go back? Like, you know, there's just, yep. like, what is going to happen? Yep. Um, I mean, we could sit here and ask questions all day long. Oh, yeah. With that being said, um, I think we covered a lot of information, and I wanted to thank you for coming on again and talking and you know, a few more episodes here, you might end up being an OG guest. <laughs> I told you anytime we got Star Wars stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm down. And, and, you know, uh, when we did our last one, which was around Book of Boba Fett, we were just an episode or two in, we, we, you know, there was a, yeah, here's where we're at. Here's what we're thinking. And, and I, you know, think back on it, listen back on that episode. And it's like, yeah, there's stuff that happened and there's tons that, yeah, that's not what it, did but yeah either way like it you know it, it it plays out the way it is so yeah we could we could sit all day long but you know anytime star wars stuff i'm i'm down for 
whether I'm a whether I'm an expert on that exact topic or not, I'm always down for the conversation. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. And I want to thank you for coming on. Awesome. So that was my conversation with Jake. Uh, as always, I have a I really, really enjoy talking with Jake. He is a great conversationist. He brings up a lot of good valid points about Kenobi and the years leading up to what we know about the series and when it takes place in Star Wars canon and the Star Wars timeline. And he brings up a lot of valid points and good things, good, thoughtful comments and thoughts around what happens after Kenobi. And I, like I said, I really enjoyed this conversation with him and I hope you enjoy it as well. And I hope you can uh, take this and enjoy it, the, the talk and the conversation that we had and then uh, enjoy Kenobi when it drops tomorrow. And I hope that we kind of um, stirred some excitement in you and gave you something to even more so gave you something to look forward to. Uh, last but not least, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and family who you think might be interested in hearing two nerds talk about Star Wars. Thanks for listening.